Welcome to Global Answers. Please join us as we discuss the relevance of God's eternal word relating to events in this day and what it means to you. And now, your hosts, Jeff and Lonnie Jenkins. Hello, friends. I'm Lonnie. And I'm Jeff. Uh, we have a great subject matter today that we'd like to discuss. And incidentally, we want to thank you for your replies, your responses via uh, email and other forms of uh, correspondence. It's been wonderful hearing from you. Our subject matter today is going to be interesting. It's walking in the light as God is in that light. And I want to read a scripture, and then Brother Lonnie is going to comment on some misguided, some, uh, some misunderstanding concerning what light is, and I think you'll find it very interesting. We're talking about Bible light, God being light. Let me just read you scripture here. It says, This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light. God is his word, God is love, and God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, sin, or less light, or not enough light, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he, God, is in that light, then we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all unrighteousness. So my question, I guess, would be, is, is are there a people, Brother Lonnie, that can be professing Christians who aren't necessarily under the blood of Christ by not walking in the light? Uh, I'm afraid that's exactly the truth, Jeff. <laughs> it's a great misconception. We, we recall that at the time that Jesus was standing facing the Sadducees and Pharisees, and here was the Word made flesh mm -hmm. looking to them, and their claim to righteousness was, we are followers of Moses. Yet here was what God was doing in their age, and they couldn't see it. And therefore, God said, you're blind. My. And so consequently, those kind of things repeat in every age. That there is always a manifestation of God, a fulfilling of Scripture, mm -hmm. an unveiling of the Word to a people in an age. My. And then that becomes light. Now, the, the scriptural pattern in the Old Testament was that the psalmist David Rhodes says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. The word itself was the light. Yeah. And then uh, he also wrote, The entrance of thy word giveth light. Mm -hmm. So we find an Old Testament pattern there, but we know that when we move from Old Testament to New Testament, many things magnify. Uh, in the Old Testament, it said, thou shalt not commit adultery. But in the New Testament, it says, you, if you even look upon a woman to lust after her, you've committed adultery already. Right. So the, so the law becomes a magnified kind of thing in the New Testament because now the Holy Ghost is available to a people to, to give them an inside teacher that they didn't have, didn't have before. So there was greater light. And, and uh, as, a, as a result, more accountability, more responsibility. Exactly right. More accountability, more responsibility. So consequently, when we say we, we believe in Jesus Christ at Calvary, that he died for our sins, that his shed blood washed me from my sins, then uh, all that's true. Right. That's Bible. We believe that. But the, the verse you, you just read in 1 John uh, 1, 7, tells us something more than that. It tells us there that it says, if we walk in the light 
as he is in the light, and I'll get to that in just a moment, mm -hmm. what, is it, what does that mean? We have fellowship one with another, that's us and God, mm -hmm. and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So here's a contingency added to we believe mm -hmm. in what Jesus did at Calvary, mm -hmm. but the next question is, are you in the light as he's in it? Let me, let me ask a question then. Maybe you can elaborate. So, in other words, here's a priest, or here's a, here's a, here's a uh, synagogue goer, a church goer. Uh, he's got a lamb. He's going to take him forward, and that lamb's going to, uh, his blood's going to be shed for uh, that sinner's uh, sins. Now, uh, Christ, the lamb, has been slain, and this man insists that his, uh, his uh, lamb is sufficient, but in reality, light has moved from a physical lamb to the lamb of God, Jesus Christ. So he is not under blood, no matter how much he's a churchgoer. Yeah, correct. If we were trying to compare animal sacrifice mm -hmm. with New Testament shed blood of the lamb, that's exactly right. The Old Testament lamb was the shadow of the perfect lamb of God that was to come. So does that same principle can carry on even to this day for the last 2,000 years since Christ, has his blood has been shed? Are there a people that attend church but refuse light and therefore are not under the blood. Yeah, I'm afraid that's exactly the My. truth. That's what I'm, All right. that's, the, that's the point I, I'm hoping to make. Good. We see that we've got to be in the light as he's in it. Mm -hmm. So we quoted the Old Testament that there was, the, the word itself was the light. But if we go to the Gospel of John chapter 1 verse 4, it's speaking of Jesus. It mm -hmm. says, in him was life and the life was the light of men. Mm -hmm. So now the life becomes the light. And what life mm. was that Jesus was manifesting? He was the Word made flesh. Right. So consequently, when the Word is being lived out in flesh, that's light when you see it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For example, uh, going back now just to draw on a shadow, not a reality now, but a shadow. Right. In the, in the, in the book of Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, it says, God said, let there be light. If we, if we stopped right there mm -hmm. and with the voice has rung out, let there be light, then you and I would have a right to argue over that. You say, light, never heard of light. What is light? Yeah, I think light will be this. Well, I think light will be this. Right. And so we have a right to our own opinion mm -hmm. until God interpreted his word by bringing it to pass, then that was light. So when light appears, that is the manifestation of what God meant when he said, let there be light. Correct. Mm -hmm. so, the, so the appearance of the word, the, the declaration of the word, the coming to pass of the word becomes light. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So consequently, uh, well, let's, let's, if we could just now jump up to the New Testament for, for just a moment. And I've, and I've heard you, Jeff, preach on this mm -hmm the moving of the light right yeah. at the time of Jesus Christ. So right. elaborate on that because I've heard you, yeah. heard you preach on that. Yeah, uh, it's interesting that God tests a people. Uh, God loves to test a people. Jesus came out of the water instantly having been filled with God, we'll say. God incarnated the man Christ Jesus. He has now been, in a sense, baptized by John, suffered to be so, for thus it behooves us to fulfill unrighteous, all righteousness. Jesus goes to the mountain instantly and is being tested by God, but the tester, the tempter is Satan, but God is allowing this test. Now, interestingly enough, what we find is, is that God tests his people to see how much we love truth as well. And we find that John the Baptist, the Bible says, 
was the light, and Jesus said, and you were willing to walk in that light for a season. So John, at one time, was the light. Then we have a rapid change. G John says, don't follow me anymore. I must decrease. He must increase. So John now is pointing the people to Jesus. Now all these good Baptists under John the Baptist have to say, oh my, we've been so loyal to John. He's been our teacher, our preacher, our baptizer. And now they have to ask themselves, am I under a personality cult? Do I just follow John or do I follow truth? Do I stay with the man? Do we denominate around the man, John the Baptist? Or do I obey John who said, don't follow me anymore, follow Jesus? So they now, and the next test is, is can they follow this man who now, John is saying, I'm just the forerunner. He's the man you want to follow. Now they start to follow Jesus. Okay, the test doesn't stop there though, doesn't it? It goes on. Jesus now... It's, he is crucified. He rises again. There's 120 in an upper room along with Peter. Peter's the spokesman. He's got the keys to the kingdom. Now the 120 are following Jesus by following the apostle Peter. But it doesn't stop there. Now they're man of God. The man of the hour is Peter. He's giving them the truth. Matthews, Matthias is chosen as one of the disciples in the upper room. They come bursting out of the upper room speaking in tongues. But a few chapters later in Acts chapter 9, the apostle Paul, who was formerly called Saul, is, has met the pillar of fire. The pillar of fire says, I am Jesus whom you persecute. Paul is now filled with the Holy Spirit. And now all the disciples, including Peter, the scripture says, must acknowledge, all angels must acknowledge, that Paul has the word of God. And so now Paul has truth, and it even says that Paul had to withstand Peter to his face concerning certain doctrines. So we see that each man was a light bearer, and it was important to follow the man that was holding the torch. And God was asking a, a people even in a short span of time, so that we could read it in our Bible, to go from John to Jesus, follow Peter, he's a good man. The Apostle Paul, though, was going to be the major writer of the, of the New Testament. And his word would be, thus saith the Lord. And Peter had to acknowledge Paul. Peter had to acknowledge that Paul had the truth. And so God is testing a people to see whether they'll allow the skin veil, the flesh, to get in the way, or where they look beyond the flesh man and say, hey, he's got truth, and I want to follow the truth that that man is bringing. So that's the principle. That's the principle. In, I, th I think of uh, the scriptures that most all... Protestant churches read at the time of communion, one of the verses uh, being that there is many sickly and asleep among you right. because you fail to discern the Lord's body. There you go. And that is not looking back to Calvary. No. That's recognizing Christ in his living body today. Uh, Paul what, never, never persecuted Jesus Christ. No, never. And yet the pillar of fire said, I am Jesus whom you persecute because he was persecuting the church right. that Jesus had now incarnated. Correct. Yeah. And so there's Christ in his new body, yep. not in the nail-scarred body anymore, but now in the, in the body of the, the true church. So what about, those that say, what, what about those people that would say, well, I'm just of Jesus. I'm going to stay home and just read the scrolls. Would they then, they wouldn't be walking in the light, would they? Because the Peter and the apostles were now the light bearers that Correct. Jesus was now working through. Correct. Fa yeah. failing, failing to recognize what God was due. Yeah. Uh, in Ephesians, it says that when Jesus ascended on high, he gave gifts unto men. And these are apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, pastors, prophets. 
And, and then he gives these gifted men to the church as love gifts. Mm -hmm. And so when we, when we just want to say, me and my Holy Ghost, I can unveil the whole Bible, then God did a foolish thing by sending ministries in. Right. The Holy Ghost will guide you into the truth when you hear it through, through God's vessels, which are gifted men in the, in the body of Christ for that, wow. for that purpose. And Paul said, he said, what? Came the word out from you or came the word to you? That's a very extremely strong principle. Yeah. In other words, the word doesn't come out from me. Right. I'm, I'm a preacher but I'm not the Apostle Paul. So then I have to accept what the Apostle Paul, and he, by the way, was a prophet and the writer of the New Testament. I am a receiver as a woman, as a type of the church, I'm a receiver of seed, but I'm not a producer of seed. Right. So the, word, the seed word of God can come to me, but it can't come out from me. And right. so in other words, I, I, I will know if, I'm a, if there's something on the inside of me in the way of a deposit from God, if I came from God, if I, was, if I was the eternal thoughts of God in the beginning, when I hear the word, I'll be able to receive the word because you are sons, not will become sons, but you always were sons. God has sent forth the spirit of his son whereby we cry, Abba, Father. So I was always, always a son, but when I heard the word, it quickened and made alive that which was on the inside of me, but I didn't come out from me, it came to me. Right, that's, that's the principle of redemption, to buy back something that already was yours, principle, mm. and that so that there is, there is an elect people, an elect lady, John called it in the second John, uh, an, a people who are, let's say, pre-wired to receive what Jesus is doing in my, their day, my. and that's to meet the I am. Yes. Uh, to recognize the I was is not difficult because we can take Bible match it to history, and there's where God was. Yep. But that's not the principles we were reading about. We right. have to walk in the light as he is in the light. Mm -hmm. So we watched the moving of the light up to the Apostle Paul, and I had it so happened I had written in, in my notes here as I knew the subject we were going to talk about that the uh, Isaiah, in speaking of the Messiah that was to come, Isaiah 49.6, it says that he would be a light to the Gentiles, and then that uh, Paul then in the New Testament picks up that principle and speaking, he says that, that Christ should suffer yeah. and that he should be the first that should rise from the dead and should show light unto the people and, and to the Gentiles. Mm. But we find in Acts chapter 13 where Paul and Barnabas was... Uh, being rejected by the Jews. Right. And he says, seeing that you've counted yourselves unworthy of eternal life, My. lo, we turn to the Gentiles. And then he quotes the scripture that says, God has sent me to be a light to the Gentiles. Mm. So even though the Old Testament prophesied of Jesus as the light to the Gentiles, Jesus himself wasn't the, the bearer of the light to the Gentiles. He was the light, but it was the Apostle Paul that brought that light Incredible. To, the, to the Gentiles. So therefore, there are those who, who carry the word of the hour, the word for today, yep. uh, in every age, yep. and they become the light bearers. If we, if, we, if we jump all the way forward into the, the Gentile New Testament era, we find in the book of Revelations chapter 1, it says that there were seven stars in the right hand of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And a star is an illuminary. It, it, it gives out light. Yep. And if we want to type our shadows, 
then we go back and this Abraham was told, uh, count the stars in heaven if you can, so shall thy seed be. Mm -hmm. So we find the stars in heaven represent the seed of Abraham, hmm. which is a faith seed, faith seed, believing seed. Yes. So out of all the stars which are innumerable in the heavens, the seed of Abraham, seven of them are held in the right hand of God, the place of power, authority, mm. that are seven of them are held, held by Jesus yes. in Revelations chapter uh, one. And then, it's, and then it goes on to explain in the last part of chapter one, that these seven stars are the angels of the, of the seven churches. Hmm. And the angel, of course, as you know, yes. that the word merely means messenger, that's all. Right. And so he's not an angel with wings on his back. Not necessarily. So he we, could actually be a man. Could actually be a man. In fact, right. in, this case, in this case, he actually, actually was. Mm -hmm. So we find historically then that it says that each age opens with a message to the angel. Mm -hmm then the angel takes the message to the church. So he becomes a light bearer. So he's the light bearer. My. So therefore, unto the angel of the church of Ephesus, write. And so now we're gonna start a sequence of light bearers. And so you, you talked about the apostle Paul being the light bearer. Right. And then I mentioned that the Bible says Paul was the light bearer to the Gentiles. Right. And then we also find in the book of Acts that he he uh, pastored the church in Ephesus for, I think, three years. Mm -hmm. And then, and so therefore we find he was the light bearer or the angel messenger to Ephesus. Mm -hmm. And then so his message carried the Ephesian church because he had, he had brought the light of Jesus Christ to those people. But if they, if they, let's say, looked all the way back to John, they missed the light. Yeah. If they were only looking to Calvary and refused Paul, they missed the light again. Again. Because the uh, disciples asked, uh, excuse me, I guess it was the Sadducees. Can't remember. Maybe you can remember. Asked Jesus, what might we do that we might do the works of God? Right. Yep. And his John answer six. was, do you remember the answer? Yes. Believe on him whom God hath sent. Amen. And that, that principle doesn't change. Right. So we always say, believe on he whom God has sent. Well, that was Jesus. Yes, it was at that time. Right. But what if God continues to send men? And we find he does. He sent the, an angel to each of these seven churches of Asia, of Asia, Gentile churches. So these, so these Gentile churches now, we find become representative of a span of history. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, if we, if we, if we were to take the church ages out of Revelations chapter two and chapter three, we could lay them historically, uh, uh, lay them right over history mm -hmm. and see that this age went from here to here and this age went from here to here. Mm -hmm. And so then in each of those ages, there has to be one of those seven stars because My. each one had an angel. Right. So each one was a light bearer. Mm -hmm. So consequently then the light moved from Ephesus to Smyrna to Pergamos, to Thyatira, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, to Laodicea, where we are now. Mm -hmm. So consequently, there was an illuminary, a star in the, in the hand of Jesus that was bringing the, the, what you call the torch, passing yes. the torch yes. to each of these ages for a specific purpose. Because God says that, that the word, my word will accomplish that to, for which I send it. Amen. So he sends it for a specific purpose to to each age, and of course, the, this purpose is, is simply stated uh, in, uh, I believe it's in the book of Isaiah, 
where it says when the enemy comes in like a flood, God will raise up a standard against it. Mm. His standard is always his word. There you go. And so therefore, if we're not in the light, as he is in the light, we fail to see the standard. That's beautiful. We don't get the word to block off the onslaught of the enemy to that age. Because if you notice in, in Revelations chapters 2 and 3 and 4, it says, to him that overcometh, to him that overcometh, each age was given a message by the messenger, and then they were commissioned to overcome the elements, the spirits, and often they were having to overcome the religious, the religious culture that was anti the move of God in that season. Yeah, right, and, right in the framework of the church. Isn't, isn't it interesting that man can, can look back and, and smile on Luther, but when Luther was the light of the hour, they wanted to kill him. Yeah, right. And they can smile on Wesley, but when Wesley was the light of the hour, they wanted to kill him. Now history looks back and says, these were men of God, great reformers. But when they were the light, people had a hard time receiving them, didn't they? Yeah, the scripture, scripture says that men resist the light because they want to remain in darkness. And yeah. Because their deeds are evil. Mm. In, in studying that subject, we find that the... Uh, that the problem we talked about, God raising up a standard of the word in right. each age, we, f we find that the, the real error in each age starts in the very first church age where God commends the Ephesian church for saying that you have among you the deeds of the Nicolaitans. Mm -hmm. No, not the deeds. What is it? There's a word there. Doctrine? No, not no. doctrine. Oh, not yeah, yet. saying. Is it the saying? I believe it's a saying. Okay. But anyway, it's, it refers to Nicolaitanism. Right. And he says to the true church, you hate it. So do right. I. So therefore, this Nicolaitan thing was already moving in the very first church age. Yeah. And Nic uh, Nicolaitan is a, just a two-part word, Nicao and Laos, which means it was a move to conquer the laity. Hmm. So, so that this was, was a satanic move, but God, Satan was using people to try to conquer the common person in the church. The correct. Laity. Correct. It was, a, it was a false spirit. That's why God said the true church, you hate it, so do I. Right. And so they were trying to take it back to the Old Testament uh, era of a priesthood and a, and a laity, mm. where, where in the New Testament is not so. It's all one equal body. So we're all kings and priests unto our God. All kings and priests, yeah. yes. And so therefore, when they tried to divide it and exalt these, this group of men above this group of men, Nicolaitanism, God said, I hate it. Mm. And, then, and then we find then that, it, that by the time we get to the third church age, right. we find that it was the doctrine of the Nicolaitans was already accepted. So the church had accepted this principle. And then out of the third church age is where we find the principle of, of, of denominationalism. Yes. Where we have a, a hierarchy yes. way up here leading, leading the church over the people down here who have no voice mm -hmm. in the matter. Yep. And the people are being led not directly by the Holy Ghost as the Bible would, would right. have it to be, right. but rather by this hierarchy of people. So if I were, let's say, a Pentecostal uh, and, I, and I wanted to go to a Wesleyan or, 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 or a Methodist friend of mine and introduce to them more truth about the gifts of the Spirit. There, by virtue of being a denomination, they, the system could not receive more, more, more light, could they? No, we find that this is, this is true, mm -hmm. that, uh, that denomination like builds a wall around the truth as it was in that age. Now remember, right. the light is progressive, the light is moving. So, so they build a wall around that and then that becomes their, this is what we believe, period. Mm -hmm. And then so if a man outside of that framework 
comes to that person within that framework, if they're good, loyal church members, they're going to want to know what does my church say about this mm -hmm. rather than what does the Bible say about this? Mm. Because we find in, in every religion, true or false, uh, uh, make sure that you understand that, true or false, that politically minded men always have a tendency to rise up and take the church and lead it under political purposes rather than actually the principle here. My. And so we're, we're closing down now. We've only got a couple minutes left, but I want you to catch the principle, you that are watching here, that God's light, the unveiling of his word is continually moving and we have to follow it. The Old Testament believers had to move with the moving of the pillar of fire by night and the cloud by day. They had to move with it. That's our shadow for the New Testament. The unveiled word is moving, 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 and we have to move with it. And so consequently to, to hold on to a belief to say, well, my great-great-grandfather was this or was that, hmm. and hold to that, that was good for your great-great-grandfather, no doubt, but it won't be good today because God is doing something in each day. Now, this is the introduction to a series where we're going to try and take you now from the moving of light as we have right on up close to today. We haven't got it into today yet, but up close to today where we'll show the moving of light. And then in our next session, we want to pick up where the, what the light is shining on, what is the light doing today, and then take it and move it on forward, then showing you the prophetic mm -hmm. of what God has said he will do in the very near future. We only have a few seconds left. Did you have anything to say on this? Simply this, that uh, if we walk in the light as he's in the light, then the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all unrighteousness and we can have fellowship one with another. Is God doing something in our day? That's the question. Are you thirsty? Do you hunger for more of God? Is there something in your heart that says, surely there's got to be more? And I'm telling you, if there's a deep calling, there's a deep to respond. So if there's something in your heart longing for more truth, it is absolutely evident that there is more truth to be had. God's wired you to receive that truth. Pray, seek the Lord, listen. There's more. We're not leading you to men. We're leading you to the scriptures. We want you to fall in love with your Bible. God bless you. Wanted to show you in our search for light, walking in light, and knowing what truth is, I want to recommend this book to you, which is the Exposition of the Seven Church Ages. And it'll show you inside the, the relative light in each age that we're in. We're over here in this very last age. And so I recommend that you get a hold of this book if you want to know where we are in time or what God's doing, this is it. Friends, we'd like to recommend a DVD entitled The Forbidden Book which tells the fascinating story behind the preservation of the greatest book in human history, the Bible. It details the stories of a few brave men who obeyed God, defying the superstition and ignorance of their day to bring the scriptures to the world. For this DVD or for a copy of today's program entitled, As He Is in the Light, write to us at Global Answers, 1695 Stewart Road, Lima, Ohio, zip code is 45801 in the USA. Or visit us on the web at globalanswers.us. While you're there, you can contact us through our email, info at globalanswers.us, to send us your comments or questions. Thank you for joining us, and may our Lord Jesus Christ richly